Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? Welcome to the newest installment of My Take Radio Behind the Mic. I'm joined by Kyle Krause from OC Remix and also from the Nitro Game Injection. What's going on, Kyle? Um, not too much. I'm glad to be here. I just wanted to clarify, though, that I'm not officially like a member of OC Remix. Like oh, I know. Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm big in the community there, but I'm not officially a staff member, technically. Yeah. I consider you Larry's uh, Larry's right hand man. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because he's the right hand man of DJ Pretzel, the guy who runs the whole thing. So you know, yeah, I guess you... everyone's got their own right hand man. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, let's get right into it. Let, let's talk about Nitro Game Injection. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about Nitro Game Injection. How did it come about? How long have you been doing it? Um, actually, Nitro Game Injection started as a video game music radio show back in 2003 i was 17 at the time still in high school and uh i was really inspired by the another video game music radio show going on at the time probably one of the first called uh, super radio x and uh they really inspired me to kind of start doing my own streaming show online they had a stream they they were um based at a college radio station in maine but they had a live stream as well on the internet which was kind of rare at that time back in 2003 so um but i listened to that and was really inspired by that and uh i really just uh wanted to do my own video game music show because i absolutely love communities like oc remix and, uh, you know, the VG Mix, which unfortunately is no longer around, but the Dwelling of Duels, um, all those uh, different aspects of the community that I really love. And uh, basically, I do the show kind of to shed light on these different communities because even, like, people within the video game music communities don't get to experience kind of everything that's out there. So I just kind of pull from different sources to give a little bit of a let the people you know hear different parts of video game music arrangement communities out there what what gave you the the motivation to go into something like video game music what was the catalyst for you to go into that well i've been playing video games since i was two years old so i've been i absolutely i've loved video game music i was as many of the people in our community was one of the kids who held a a uh, tape recorder up to the TV with a microphone and recorded video game music from that so I could listen to it later without having to play the game. So that was uh, what, you know, inspired me to start to to get 
into video game music, I should say, was, of course, gaming. And then um, finding OC Remix and discovering that is what really prompted me to, you know, just uh, started, really jump-started my love of just game music in general. Yeah, I, I've been following OC Remix a long time, and I remember... You know, I I I've always liked all all the music. I mean, I I can go back as far as Shaq Fu on Sega Genesis that it, <laughs> for a terrible game had actually very solid music, and you know I that, that's kind of what got the ball rolling for me. And then as I got older, I started finding more communities centered around it, and also I came across OC Remix, and it was uh, such a throwback for me for some of the tunes and some of the remix versions of music that were out there. Same thing with guys like the Mini Bosses, Power Glove. So I started following that stuff and I started getting deeper into the scene, which when I started doing MTR Live made me kind of go after OC Remix to, you know, just show my appreciation for what OC Remix and what music aficionados have done for the community. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, in your work with Nitro Game Injection, what's the the process for you to get that on the air? How are you getting the music? Do you have to license it? You know, is there any permissions you have to get to share that stuff with the community? Um, well, usually I don't. Uh, most of the most of the sites now they have like uh, like OC Remix. They have oh man, I'm sure what it's called, like a uh, broadcast guidelines oh okay and they say that uh you're free to broadcast our music um at any time just make sure that you like <clears throat> properly credit the artist make sure you mention oc remix stuff like that and most of the communities have stuff like that now where they're they're totally cool with uh you play in their music and just uh stuff like that now for like original soundtracks and stuff i don't get permission on those but um the episodes are released for free i haven't made any money gotcha doing the show i've in fact i've probably spent more money doing the show than i've ever received in donations <laughs> how did how do you build the rig to be able to broadcast did you did, did you end up sitting down and building a dedicated server to do all of that so that way it's kind of not an overload on your other equipment because i know that even in most broadcast applications, you end up, you know, just using so much resource. Um, actually, I have a... I am associated with a station called Arecibo Radio. And um, it's an online radio station, com, where we have um, many different shows. I'm an, also an administrator of, uh, of the station there. And... Uh, we have a lot of different shows, a lot of them related to video game music, but uh, kind of the theme for the station is niche, sort of, you know, underground kind of shows like that. And um, that's what we use. We have a dedicated server, supports over 10,000 listeners, so wow. we're pretty good on that front. <laughs> oh, okay. I've I've always been curious just because, you know, I've, I've seen you... I've seen the work you guys are doing there, and I'm saying to myself, they get it so clear, and there's no breaks, and there's no, you know, there's no hiccups. Like, what? what how are they getting it to run so smooth? So that that's really good that you guys are running it completely dedicated, and it's autonomous from other equipment. Yeah, yeah, that's it's really handy. 
How's the response been now that you've been, you know, doing Nitro Game Injection? How many people from the community are approaching you and and reaching out to you for the work that you're doing to raise awareness for, you know, the video game music scene? Well, as we were talking about before we went on, um, I did attend MAGFest, and uh, there were a lot of people there who I talked to who were just really appreciative and and very uh, very happy with what we're doing as far as, you know, pushing their music and letting the people know about the video game music communities and just what's going on out there. So we try to keep up. I try to keep up with as much as I can. Unfortunately, it is really hard to follow all of these communities because you've got OCR, you've got the Dwelling of Duels, you've got just independent releases on Bandcamp that I follow, and uh, I try to keep an eye on that. And um, also the the uh, Commodore Amiga and Commodore 64 arrangement communities, they have like their own kind of sect that's just dedicated to Commodore arrangements and old PC game arrangements that's huge and has been around for just as long as OC Remix. And um, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of there that, uh, you know, some people just, they don't they aren't necessarily they didn't have a Commodore 64 or an Amiga back in the day you know those were mostly popular in Europe so in North America we didn't really have those so but there's a lot of talent and a lot of great musicians and just a lot of great games too that were on uh, those systems how are how are publishers embracing what you've done? Have publishers reached out to you guys as well? Like, hey, you know, maybe you guys want to play our music for this upcoming game. What's the response been like from the from the publishing community? You know, we actually haven't gotten any. I haven't heard any response from any publishers. Oh my god, really? That's, kind of unfortunate. Yeah, that's crazy. You would think that with the amount of work that you guys put in to just show appreciation to something that is the backbone of, of a game because, I, I I mean, the game sets the tone. I mean, the music sets the tone. It sets the pace for the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so many memorable tunes. I mean, Super Mario Brothers 2, when you play Birdo, you know, and there's that there's that jingle there that you know you're you're approaching a <laughs> boss battle. Yeah. Th- th- those things are, are, are ingrained in, in, in gamers' minds. So I don't understand how publishers aren't embracing you guys for even raising that. And not only that, giving them another revenue stream because if you guys play the music and they decide to put it on discs, people will be inclined to buy it. Absolutely. But, um, you know, publishers, I'm not too, too, too worried about. It's... Um, We've actually had a lot of good response from composers themselves. And I've had, um, actually, just in the last year, we had many composers on the show. Um, Christopher Tin, he is the composer for the main theme of uh, the PC game Civilization IV. And um, that particular song was the first video game music song to win a Grammy Award. Right, I remember that. And, um, I remember that people talking and, about that. And not too long after he won that award, I I actually I emailed him like just before it happened, and then not too long after that, he got back in touch with me, and um, we got him on, and that was just absolutely huge. It was a huge honor to have him on, and uh, I actually um, a couple months later 
I met him at Video Games Live, and uh, he remembered me, which was really cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I know you must have that, that must have made your day just to interact with with somebody whose work you appreciate, and them for to show that mutual appreciation for you. Absolutely, we had um, also Chris Holspeck, who's a name the Commodore aficionados will know, and um, you know he composed music for a great. Great Guiana Sisters, um, Turrican, and we had him on as well, and that was just amazing to have someone of his caliber on. What do you think are the makings for iconic gaming music in terms of just you hear it and you know that it's going to be something that's going to stick with you? Like, if you can just go through some of the stuff you've played over the years... You know, what always jumps out at you the most? Is it the highs, the lows? Is it more synthesized music or uh, live orchestra? Like, what jumps out for you? Um, personally, I'm a big fan of good melodic hooks. Um, I love the theme for um, the Gran Turismo series. Okay. Um, in, the, in the U.S., the Gran Turismo series has had its soundtrack replaced with licensed Yep. mainstream music um but in japan and i think no europe had it replaced too so but in japan they have music that's composed specifically for the game and it's uh, by masahiro ando he's the um guitarist of the band t-square and um t-square is just a fantastic um jazz fusion band and um the main theme for Gran Turismo, it's called Moon Over the Castle, is just one that's really jumped out at me. It has these, you know, big soaring guitar guitar riffs and just, you know, um, some great synth work. And uh, I think what really does it for me, though, is just I'm a big fan of rock and metal in general. And um, so I really love it. I love hearing um, video game music redone on live instruments and it's like rocked out you know stuff like that well and there's a lot of bands now that have been coming out and they're basing their entire personas on just doing gaming music like we were talking about you know the mini bosses and Mm -hmm. and you know even power glove how do you feel about seeing those guys mainstreaming you know iconic tunes that we've grown up with with playing games do you think it helps um just raise awareness for where that music is coming from or do you feel that in a way it hinders it because it doesn't allow uh, gamers to appreciate the original sound that created that music I, I personally I absolutely love it um, they, I definitely have a huge appreciation for the, uh, the chiptune sounds that you hear from you know the NES days and the old uh, PC and Commodore days but man just to hear these just to hear reinterpretations done on live instruments or to hear orchestras like Video Games Live and uh, the Gamer Symphony Orchestra do these uh, gaming game songs. It's just, it blows my mind how far it's come along. How are you with regards to especially RPG music and how, how iconic so much of it has become? I mean, Final Fantasy VII alone, mm-hmm. I felt was kind of what spearheaded the movement of people going after soundtracks like i like for me final fantasy 7 got me over the top to where i was actively seeking out music you know that shortly after i ended up playing guilty gear and i fell in love with the entire soundtrack for that game and i've bought 
or or looked for every different incarnation of that soundtrack. Yeah, Guilty Gear, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I love that soundtrack too. They do they do beautiful stuff, but I think that the RPG games they just seem to bring a different level of appreciation. I mean, the you know One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy is one that I've seen used more times than I'd like to remember by different <laughs> people for different things. How, how do you feel? that particular genre is with with regards to influencing just people's appreciation for the music um i really think it's awesome i actually had the pleasure to see um nobuo uematsu the composer for the final fantasy series at least the earlier games i uh, saw him perform at magfest and it was just just magical <laughs> i mean just to see him here in the states with a rock band at magfest performing classic music from the Final Fantasy series. And uh, the thing, the interesting thing is, um, it's because of the video game music arrangement community that I know about most of those songs. Because when I was a kid, and even now, really, I'm not a big RPG player. I don't play RPG games too much. I don't but I have But I have such a huge appreciation for the music in them due to the community and due to just getting this exposure of video game music. If you were to, uh, well, put it like this, if I were to ask you what gets the most rotation from some of the gaming music, what are some tracks that you're actively listening to often? Um, like maybe like games that yeah, I, yeah, from, from that any, I listen Yeah, to. from any games, yeah, from games um well when i as i was growing up i was a big fan of sonic the hedgehog and um just the music of sonic the hedgehog i really really love that and um mega man as well oh mega man had a beautiful soundtrack i i am a huge mega man fanboy and i just i love all of the soundtracks all of the games the music in most all of them is just fantastic and uh, I think it's really Mega Man that I like and um, I love Super Mario of course that's what I grew up on that was the very first game I ever played so I definitely have a huge love for Mario there and um, and I just I pull from so many different sources of music that I like and um, that it's just hard for me to nail down just one. Oh no, of course. Castlevania is another one that I I absolutely adore the music from. Even though I haven't played all that much of the series, and um, I know the video game music community on that front, as far as Castlevania music goes, was another like uh, <clears throat> getting that influence. Yeah, that was a hearing, movement. Hearing the uh, music from the Castlevania games in uh, from the arrangement communities is what made me think and I got to play these games. <laughs> well yeah, Dracula X for me and also uh Castlevania 4 on Super Nintendo had a had mm-hmm. a masterful soundtrack and you were talking about Mega Man. I've always been a fan of the music from Mega Man X, you know, Storm Eagle uh Storm Eagle's music yes, primarily. Mega Man X is Mega Man X probably has one of the best game soundtracks. Ever. Yes. Yeah, it has a, it, the gold standard for that music. And even Sonic also, I like that you reference Sonic because th- especially 2, w- 2 especially had 
so much so much music that is still sampled nowadays mm-hmm. you know from from the chemical world um the asteroid battle against robotnik it was just so many memorable tracks that you can sample just hooks from and just you can play a snippet and people be like hey that's from sonic or hey that's from mario yeah exactly and i i i i, I personally love the uh, the movement into the sort of mainstreaming video game music it it, it really makes me happy cuz you know i have such a big appreciation for it and my my plan my idea with nitro game injection is to you know get more people exposed to more music from these games do you feel that certain games lose a bit of not a bit of clout but just a bit of steam when they rely so much on licensed music because i've noticed that sometimes they use that as a crutch for certain games um in some cases yeah i'm really like as i mentioned earlier when we were talking about gran turismo I, I really am kind of disappointed that they do that, that they replace the music in those games. Um, but on the other hand, I am a huge fan of the Rock Band series. And uh, as you know, that game, that series, of course, mostly subsists on licensed music. Correct. But I just love that game so much that uh, it's it's actually a good way to get exposed to more music. I mean, I don't listen to the radio, and so that's kind of really my mainstream in my uh, my exposure to more of the mainstream stuff or even indie stuff, really, because um, they have the Rock Band Network, which is um, user created content where um, players of the game can get in touch with musicians and uh, you know chart their music up and put it in the game. How do you feel about rocks? You know about Rocksmith now. You know that they're trying to move you from just simulated games to actually teaching you. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know the finer points of of creating music. How do yeah, you feel rock- it, with that? Oh. Um, I I really enjoy it. I actually have a ton of plastic instruments around me right now. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> um, trust me. Um, but the I I really love the movement towards you know actually sort of teaching you what's happening with music and how to actually play it in these games like Rock Band 3 for example and Rocksmith as you mentioned both of them have features that allow the person to go a step beyond just you know doing basic interactions with the music into actually learning how to play the music and I I love that I think the toughest part for me with regards to that particular genre is that mm-hmm. publishers abuse the hell out of it. And it kind of took away from the enjoyment because it started becoming almost like, like Madden with regards yeah. to constant yeah. releases. And, and I just felt that the, the music genre had so much to offer. I mean, DJ Hero was something for me where I realized, I'm like, holy cow, they actually focused their energies on creating a, co- a complete turntable controller where mm-hmm. people can appreciate that style of music. But it was too little too late because they had already oversaturated the music genre with, you know, 17 different rock bands and four different guitar heroes. Yeah, actually, it's the other way around. It was 17 different guitar heroes and four rock bands. Yeah, good, good point, because Guitar Hero, <laughs> I forgot some of those, ter- you know, not terrible offshoots, but it's like Aerosmith, 
Then they did, yeah. you know, all the the hits, and I'm like, oh my god, can yeah, Metallica, and yeah, Van Metallica, Halen. I forgot too. Van Halen, Van Halen went really weird with uh, with the selections of uh, of music that they included in that one. Do you think they could have saved that genre just by releasing it once and then relying on the DLC? Because for some reason, I feel Rock Band's longevity has been extended because they knew their limit. They're like, all right, here's the game. You got the instruments. All right, we'll put out a, one, you know, one, two more games that are improved and give you better instruments, but the rest is just going to be DLC to keep the series alive. Yeah, I really think that was a, was a smart move on the part of Harmonix, the developers of Rock Band. Um, I know that Activision and Neversoft kind of drove Guitar Hero into the ground, which is really unfortunate. But um, yeah, I just I still I I still love the genre, and I still really enjoy the games. Um, unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to play DJ Hero yet. But as you said, it is a really creative new thing that they were going for and it looks really cool so i'd love to try it out yeah i ended up i picked up the first one and i was one of those one of those guys that dropped two hundred dollars on the renegade edition like an ass but um (laughs) you know now it's like you can buy the turntable for 20 bucks and the game is 10 bucks and it's i was just so saddened to see that go down the tubes only because that gave a different level of artist the opportunity or just a a a level of gamer that you know Mm. may may become enamored with making music in that format and may go into trying to dj and they just they killed that and that's unfortunate because it's the same thing with rock band and guitar hero where you never know you might inspire the kid that picked up that controller to one day actually sit down and start composing music and doing something better they it's almost like they shot themselves in the foot purposely yeah, I'm not sure it was on purpose. I think they were just trying to kind of exploit, you know, they're like, these these games are selling huge, we got to keep making more, and then, you know, just kind of, the people got tired of the genre and just kind of killed itself. Well, the funny thing was, when, 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 I, when I always say that they shot themselves in the foot, it's like, we're going to squeeze everything out of it, people are yeah. going to complain, and then we're just going to blame the fan you know the the, the gamers yeah so yeah. They, they they turned around and i remember because so many people were like why did you need to make a two of dj hero when you could have just released dlc and they're like yeah but you know you can use microphones now and 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 the the reaction was so negative and the publisher was like yeah well you know we had losses this year because the gaming community didn't embrace all the hard work that went into that game and i'm like it's it's a it, it's me it's tracks <laughs> you know, like I didn't understand. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a quick track bag, right? Like I didn't much. understand the frustration in there in that from from those publishers with the game not doing well when they created that monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree there. How do you feel about some of the newer games? Are there any new games currently that you've played that have you know really well done soundtracks that deserve acknowledgement? Um, well, I gotta be like everyone else and mention Skyrim. Even though I haven't played the game, the soundtrack is composed by Jeremy Soule, and it's absolutely fantastic. I I felt that a soundtrack that went without a lot of a lot of fanfare, and I was shocked was um, was Bayonetta's soundtrack. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Because I went out and, and and got it because it had a lot of just real subtle digs of certain games you know you had uh you know a lot of sega genesis music in there that they just snuck in 
and and uh, nobody ever gave that game its well the soundtrack it's just uh, you know uh, a a fair shake considering that the game was even even though it was you know inundated with certain certain adult aspects the <laughs> game itself was enjoyable and the music made it actually stand apart from everybody else at the time you see i actually i i like that game because of just the way it is because it's oh so did i dude. it's <laughs> just so ridiculous that you can't help but laugh but have fun at the same time oh when i beat I that mean, it, it it just uh it's just awesome yeah when i beat that game and i saw i saw them doing the whole dance montage and 17 different types of music i was like holy <laughs> shit what what did i just play because <laughs> you know i was coming off of you know playing darksiders so it was such a, a a huge departure from something that was so serious and so story driven to something that was fun and enjoyable and, and you know I'm surprised they didn't do more with it I guess maybe because the reaction wasn't there but mm-hmm. the 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 ending and just the the way that the music was so well placed and so such an integral part of the game because you'd be like hey isn't that from Space Harrier and you know and you catch yourself yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 a really big fan of classic Sega and the soundtracks especially so Bayonetta was definitely a treat. Yeah, I was I was always when when Sega re- removed themselves from the hardware side of things. I was just saddened because there were so many great games that had such great music. I mean, if you go through the Streets of Rage series, that mm-hmm. entire series had some of the most the, some of those energetic and, and fitting music. That I, that I had ever seen in just a, in that particular brawling style game. I mean, Double Dragon had solid music too, but like Streets of Rage embraced like this was music that you can put in your CD player back then or in your Walkman, and it wouldn't feel out of place being played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Streets of Rage really took it to a whole new level for soundtracks for gaming soundtracks. Um, but the, the the Sega the Sega classics is what I love personally. Afterburner. Oh, absolutely. Um, Space Area, as you mentioned, Outrun, those arcade classics, they have amazing soundtracks. And um, I just I just really love that music. Super Hang On is another one. And, uh, man. <laughs> you know what? Sega, Sega Go ahead. I definitely miss Sega being, uh, being, uh, being in hardware because the Dreamcast especially was, it could have, it had such potential. It I still play been. mine. <laughs> yeah, I still have mine hooked up right now. And um it just had so much potential, but it just the market just wasn't there for it. I think it was ahead of its time. Well, speaking of the Dreamcast and even about hardware, do you feel that the new that the newer hardware is allowing fans of of music games to be more more in tune with the music? I say that when you look at something like the Connect Think you know just how many dancing games and how many games utilizing music have helped propel that platform forward. Mm-hmm. Then you look at you know something like the Wii U or even the PlayStation Move, and it's not it's not as friendly to that genre. Yeah, to keep the music alive. Yeah, um, I really I really like rhythm games just because it's a different way to experience music and a different way to listen to music. Right. I know some people kind of scoff at them and dismiss them and say oh you should pick up a real instrument well even though you know most of these games now actually do let you play using a real instrument (laughs) but um yeah i i personally like that there's just so much more involvement musically now in games you've got the dancing games of course rhythm gaming 
and just um, the publishers have really opened up to releasing game soundtracks and uh, you know pushing the music of games more as a medium. And uh, I know a lot of games, a lot of developers and publishers often release their soundtracks for free as well, which is really nice. Well, the the funny thing, the funny thing for me with regards to that statement is that cer- certain games, their success is hinged on the soundtrack. You take Dance Dance Revolution, and I don't mean mm-hmm. the one that they throw out here with licensed music, but you know when you go to the arcades and they have you know mm-hmm. Japanese Dance Dance Revolution machines, they're introducing American audiences to you know Japanese artists and music that ends up becoming catchy that makes them want to go home and be like, hey, is this on iTunes? It, mm-hmm. it it keeps the industry alive, so I don't understand why they don't work harder on emphasizing that particular revenue stream because the music is a selling point just as much as the gameplay is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know there's like um, Nintendo is the worst about that, actually, which I really <laughs> it's kind of kind of a shame. How so? Um, Nintendo. Nintendo, for a long time, had a pretty strict no soundtrack policy. I don't know if they just weren't making money off soundtracks or what, but they weren't releasing any soundtracks at all. Now, I know recently that's been broken a little bit because they were um, they recently released the uh, Skyward Sword soundtrack, even though I think it was just a bonus for Club Nintendo members. But, um, yeah, Nintendo... Nintendo is someone who I think really could embrace, you know, soundtrack releases of uh, game music, and they just really haven't. You know, it's funny you mention that because I had never noticed it, and it's true because Nintendo's games, so many of them are super iconic. I mean, you know, you can go mm-hmm. with Mario, but even take a take a, a series like Donkey Kong Country. That yeah. entire game had such well-mastered music from start to finish and it was so fitting and it fit the moods and I never understood why there was never a release of something like that because that game had a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack for that did come out in Japan but unfortunately we never got it in the West at all. Nope, and it, and it's crazy that they didn't even bother to, to, to play on that because that game, the, 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 the subtlety of the music made the gameplay that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that soundtrack is really the soundtracks for the whole series actually is uh, pretty legendary in the uh, game remixing community. Um, OC Remix in a couple months here is going to be releasing the Donkey Kong Country Three Remix project, and that will complete the entire SNES Donkey Kong Country trilogy for OCR. They'll have remix albums for all three of the games. And uh, so that just shows how much of an influence and an impact those soundtracks have had on uh, on gamers. Well, the beauty of that too is, and and I say this because I, you know, I'm a huge Street Fighter fan. And when they when OC Remix did the Street Fighter music for you know for Turbo HD Remix, mm-hmm. and, and there wasn't any motivation to even try and pimp it out for money. It just oh, no, it, no, no. it just made me appreciate the the work that goes into that particular aspect of the game because you know I love playing the game but that music is mm-hmm. something that you'll ne- you know like Ryu's music is iconic you hear it anywhere and somebody 
you know, taking the time to remaster it and give you a new interpretation that you can listen to. I mean, if you listen to episodes of MTR, you sometimes you'll hear me play it, you know, in three or four or five episodes in a month, and it's because it the work that went into it needs to be acknowledged. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, with with OCR actually in their contract with Capcom, and I know this because I talked to Larry. Larry Oji of OC Remix every week. He's a co-host of my show. Um, he's said um, in their contract with Capcom, one of the things they put in there, they made sure to put in there was, hey, we want to be able to release this soundtrack for free through OC Remix. And Capcom was completely cool with that. So I, I think it's really cool that uh, publishers have been reaching out to the game arrangement community and just... Even just saying, hey, we like what you're doing, you guys are awesome. Not, And just to go even a step further like Capcom did and get the involvement of the community with the game is just something that uh, it just blows my mind. Well, here's a, 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 a softball yet cliched question, which I'm sure you've probably been asked before, but I'm curious. Right. what is What game has, in your opinion, the worst soundtrack? <laughs> the worst soundtrack? Probably Crazy Bus. Oh man! <laughs> wow, that's, that's not even a soundtrack. <laughs> that's that's a game and a title I haven't heard mentioned <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Holy shit! Crazy. I think it's just a random assortment of beeps. I, and it's really horrible. It's not even a soundtrack. That's that's probably a. That's probably a cheap answer, but no, it's it fine. Really is so bad. <laughs> I always felt, in my opinion, and it was probably just because the game was such a, a an annoying game. Was Gyromite? Gyro? Oh man, I actually like the music. Of Gyromite. <laughs> <laughs> I the, love that song. The Gyromite music. I think it was just because of just the way you had to play that game. You know the, the you know if you didn't have the robot, it would be such a pain in the ass. And then yeah, when you had to mess around with the second controller, yeah, oh, yeah it was it was insane. And and I think that was the whole reason why. But it, it, crazy crazy buses, holy shit! <laughs> that's a that's a blast from the past. I I I will tell you this, and in, in most of the when you when OC Remix put out the Heroes and Villains soundtrack, mm-hmm. I was dumbfounded when they did. Um, you know, because I love playing God of War. When yeah. they when they released the tracks for God of War, I was just destroyed at the way they interpreted the music, and they still made it metal. You know what I mean? They still made it hard. Like you'd listen to it and be like, "Wow, I want to go!" Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, I want to go and break a door down because it was it, it kept that toughness of the game. So you know, I I, I gotta acknowledge. The, you know the the composers and the remixers for that, but I just gotta acknowledge the work you guys do, including you with Nitro Game Injection. Just letting people know that it's not just all you know beeps and and bops. That there's hardcore music there that can really reach you on a different level. Oh yeah, there's there's just so much uh, so much stuff out there from the remix communities and um, the advent of you know modern technology has really made it possible for composers to pretty much they have free range now they can do anything they want they aren't limited by what the system can handle they're only limited by what their imagination can handle 
so I really think that uh, you know soundtracks, game soundtracks are just going to keep getting better as we go on, especially as uh, as the hardware improves. Well, that's that's one thing too. I mean, with the hardware improving and just the accessibility of such of so many high quality tools that even even us as broadcasters. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you go back to when you started and I go back to when I started, some of the stuff that's out there now back back then, it's like, yeah, you know, this application is $2,000. Now it's like, yeah, this application is 40 bucks. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can compose your music on your iPad. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's it's funny now, though. Um, if you go back and listen to the very, very first episodes of, of Nitro Game Injection that I did in 2003, they sound like they're recorded over a telephone. Because they essentially were... <laughs> That's insane. I, I mean, I, I started I started my my show in in, in two thousand six, and I remember when when I started doing it live, I said to myself, "Let me go and listen to the two thousand and six stuff." And yeah. it was I, I was I was like, I can't believe I did this shit. <laughs> you know, so I can I can understand I can understand that level of, oh my god, that was me. Wow, I really use that. Or like, you can't believe people were actually listening to it. It's like. <laughs> What did people see in this? <laughs> well, in my case, at least, I went back to that. And, like, people listen to this. <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing I wanted to ask. When you were when you do the shows now, and, and you're uh, and you're running everything so dedicated, how? When did you feel that whole? Like, when did you go and you're like, holy shit, a thousand people are listening to this right now? Like, how was that? How was that feeling for you in in response to just the the culmination of your work? Because, you know, you can work and you know people are listening, but that one moment that you look and, you're, and it validates what you're doing, when was it for you and, and, and what was the moment? Oh, man. I'm trying to remember. Um, there's been a few moments where we've had like big turnouts i think our listener record is like 55 or something it's it's not huge but i've been i've been proud of the turnouts um i think when we had christopher tin on was a was definitely a big episode um i really think that last year in general was just really good for the show and um just really started getting more people to listen and getting bigger guests. I started reaching out to composers. I, I when I originally started reaching out to composers, I was, you know, I was just thinking, well, let's try it and see what happens. I figured most of them wouldn't reply or even or just say no. But um, the response was actually really enthusiastic, and a lot of them are really excited to get on. And uh, personally, I think one of my favorite episodes, even though well, we didn't have. The listener turnout for it during the live show wasn't huge, but uh, a personal moment, a favorite moment for me was um, we did an interview with Frank Klopacki. He's a composer of the Command & Conquer series of games. Okay. And um, we actually ended up turning that interview into a special dedicated to his 20th anniversary in uh, the video game music industry. Wow. Or in the video game industry, so we took that interview, kind of, kind of, kind of cut it up, and just chose um, the music throughout his career 
and uh, just really had a lot of fun with that episode. I really think that's a personal favorite episode of mine that we did. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, sometimes you do it, and, I, and I'm sure you've probably had these moments as well, where you're where you're working and, and you're trying to put out a solid product, and you ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? And then, you know, a moment comes along where it validates what you do. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's glad it's glad it's awesome to hear that it was a moment like that. And not only that, but you gave that person the opportunity for their work to be showcased. When they probably say to themselves, you know, I, ma- I, I master this music, I put it in this game, and that's it. Oh uh, yeah, I can I can see that for sure. Because I, you know, I know some people that they there's a lot of unsung heroes in some mm-hmm. of the in some of the games you play. You know, whether it's the voice talent or the guys that compose the music, you, you too many people, and and this is just a something that I always say they don't. They pay the 60 bucks, they play the game, they enjoy it, they keep it moving, but if you become a fan of a certain series or a certain game, you know, I always say learn a little about it, that way you can appreciate it a little more. Like, there, there's plenty of times where you play a game and you're like, wow, the guy did for the voice for that? And it's an actor you like, or it's somebody you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, there is definitely a lot of unsung heroes as far as games concerned, um, there's just the thing is nowadays you've got these huge teams of people that are working on games, and uh, there's just so much work that goes into them. So it's uh, I really like to you know do my part in kind of you know telling people like, hey, this is the person who did the music for these games. You know these games are awesome. These people are awesome, and um, they're really talented. And uh, I just want to, you know, expose that to people. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job, and, you know, we, we support what you do, we enjoy what you do, and, you know, we, we appreciate it. I personally appreciate that you can go out there and continue to move the genre forward and, and get people plugged into music. You know, you you, you put so much effort into it. In the, the way you guys produce the show, it's always clean all the music is is dropped in nicely and it's a pleasure to listen to it's not where you know somebody's trying to stream it from a computer and and you you know that sometimes you listen to streaming radio stations and they break apart and you know you guys run you guys run a clean product and you know i want to commend you for all that hard work you guys do behind the scenes well thank you it's uh it's very much appreciated we do we do put in a lot of work and uh to keep uh the arecibo radio station running and um we just have a lot of other great shows on that station as well. A lot of them focused on video game music. So um, if any of your listeners do decide to check out Nitro Game Injection, please go to AeroCeboRadio.com and also check out the other shows on there. We've got great ones dedicated to chip tunes. We've got other video game music shows in addition to mine. Um, we've got a lot of independent um, focus and it's just uh, it's just a lot of fun. All right, well, we've pretty we we've covered everything. Um, where can people reach you uh, with regards to social networks? Where where can people find out more? I mean, you said um, you know Arecibo Radio, uh, Nitro Game Injection, but uh, socially, where can people get up with you and you know reach out if they want to learn more as well? Well, of course, I'm on Twitter, Kyle JCRB on there, um, Facebook. If you go there, you search for Nitro Game Injection, there is a page there. I post updates all the time. Yep. 
Got uh, new stuff releasing all the time on there. Um, KNGI.org is my personal website for Nitro Game Injection and for my other show, Game Fuel. And um, we also, I also host um, other shows on there as well that uh, are also on Arecibo Radio. So, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time to share with our audience all about the work that you do and definitely keep doing it. You know, we'll keep helping you out where we can, you know, we'll also continue to plug OC remixes work. And, you know, if there's any Mm -hmm. stuff you ever want us to play for any intros or any outros, by all means, you know, hit me up and we'll make sure to get that out there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me on today. It's been a, been a pleasure this is actually the first time i've been interviewed usually i'm the one doing the interviews <laughs> no i did i i and felt funny i felt that you guys you know and like i said i had larry i've had larry on twice yeah and oh, he's been on twice yeah larry's been on twice once he was on solo and then a second time he was on with actually a professional wrestler who was a fan of his work Okay, uh, okay. You know of OC Remix's I did, work. I so do remember that episode? Yeah. Oh, uh, so you know it was it was it was when the wrestler found out that you know I, I you know worked with stuff from OC Remix and Larry had been on. He's like, oh, I want to talk to that guy. So then we kind of brought it all together. So it worked out well. You know, Larry being the wrestling fan and the wrestler being a fan of the work uh, you guys put in. It, it was just it was it was probably one of my favorite interviews because it felt so good to bring two fans together. Mm-hmm. on air and, and me being a fan of both you know both sides of their work as well was you know uh, a cool moment for me oh yeah that definitely sounds awesome alright well I will uh, make sure to include all the links and forward the stuff to you alright sir thanks man you've just heard MTR behind the mic with Kyle Krause from the Nitro Game Injection All links to keep up with Kyle and his work on the Nitro Game Injection will be found in the interview notes included with this episode. You can listen to live episodes of My Take Radio every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern on the Blog Talk Radio Network. You can also hear our simulcast on our Facebook fan page, and you can follow us on Twitter. Just look for My Take Radio, and also add us to your circle on Google+. Thanks for listening.